Hi, I'm Rick Daniels, and this is the Live One Radio Podcast. On this episode, Paul Poteet joins me as a special guest. Now, I've known Paul for over seven years now, and he is a pioneer in the digital space, and he's been a local media personality in the Indianapolis area for a very, very long time. We talked to Paul about his success and his strategy to self-branding and many other ways Paul Poteet has been successful and how young people can learn how to create brand awareness with things that they do. I'm so glad to announce we have two two sponsors on this episode of the podcast and going forward i look forward to our relationship with audible.com and squatty potty we'll get to that in just a moment paul poti joins us right now on the live one radio podcast available on itunes google play and tune in radio live one radio Okay, so on the Live One Radio podcast, Paul Poteet. What's up? Hey, man, it's been a while since we've talked. Well, you know, I've worked with you, but then I can pick several people out of the phone book on any given day and say the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I've worked with you, and I've worked with you, and I've worked with you. So for those listening in Indiana, Central Indiana in particular, you know who Paul Poteet is. For those who don't know who Paul Poteet is, Paul Poteet is not just a weatherman, which is what you'll see. I mean, that's that's what he's done for a long time. Uh, Paul. Mm-hmm. Poteet is, and I've, I think I've said this word to you several times, you're a pioneer, in my opinion, in, in the digital a, space. And a renaissance he, man. A renaissance man. He just keeps reinventing himself. He's also a multimedia personality. He does TV, he does radio, he does digital. Uh, he, he knows how to sell. He, he can do anything. Paul, first of all, I want, I, I've want i always wanted to say this to you, man. Uh, every idea I've come up with is basically a copycat of any idea you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> wow, are you already playing out that many strings? Okay. Are you at the end of that many ropes? <laughs> I, I'm, I am not. Uh, well, no, not quite yet, but I can't rule it out. But I'm also not anywhere near the level you're at. So if you look for Paul Poteet, it's P-O-T-E-E-T on Facebook or Twitter. Um, look at his cover photo. And actually, I hadn't talked to you in such a long time. It's been about three years since we've actually talked on the phone. Mm-hmm. I laughed a little bit, at, not at you, but at all of these things that you do on your cover photo. Let's go through this. Actually, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go through it. Name all the stuff you do day in and day out to stay in business. I have to load it up myself now because I'm always afraid. As a matter of fact, when uh, my son, who does some um, uh, graphic work and some, he actually does some cartooning and he does occasionally character uh, uh, sketches for yeah. video games and things like that for people. I said, "Can you put all these together and take you know one of the file photos of me and uh, and just." Just put all the uh, part, current partners, because as you know, sometimes they change from uh, time to time. Put them all uh, next to me. So, okay, I have it loaded up now on Facebook. And my, what I was about to say was my big fear in in that project was that I would forget one or leave one out. But these are all the people that I work with on a on a regular basis. There are some that I work with just from time to time in the course of just doing normal voiceover work uh, that I do from time to time for people. But I work with uh, Channel 8 in Indianapolis, which is Wish TV, where I am a traditional, you know, like TV weather guy, like you would see anywhere else. And I've done that, you know, on and off for since the mid 1980s. You remember the 1980s, don't you, Rick? Barely. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing a, a Tiger shirts back then, and 
I don't know, drinking <laughs> pop or whatever a kid does. But yeah. Well, the the uh, the anchor uh, that I work with have worked with most on the weekends at Wish TV. A great, really great uh, talent. Her name is uh, Drew Blair, and I think we had established the other because last year was like my 30th anniversary in the um, in the summertime, my 30th anniversary of doing weather on TV, <laughs> and we'd established that I was pretty close to her actual. You know, she was like five. You know, uh, when yeah. I first started doing weather, but anyway. Anyway, uh, Wish TV, you'll see an 8 on there. And then above that, you'll see uh, W-E-R-K, Work FM. I do weather for them in the morning. And then I'm also like a, uh, a disc jockey in the afternoon. An air personnel, like what you know uh, you do there in Idaho. Uh, I do for this uh, it's a market called Muncie, Indiana. It's a little bit north and northeast of Indianapolis, where I play, you know, I primarily play music, but I, I also tell a bunch of jokes in the afternoon and, you know, comment on uh, things in the news. So I do that in the afternoon, in addition to their morning weather. And by and the way, also- uh, if you don't mind me stopping you right there, W-E-R-K, if you're from Indiana, you'll, you'll be, if you know radio, you'll, you'll know those call letters. Those are legendary call letters, by the way. Uh, guys like David Letterman were on that station back in the day. Another legend named Rick Daniels was on there about 10 years ago. Uh, uh, you and I have actually worked on two radio stations together, so I, I feel honored by that, by the way. But uh, ERK yeah, is a, a great radio station. It goes back to uh, at one time it was on AM when uh, when Letterman was there and there's uh, they have a clip of him as a matter of fact talking at length ab- about work on I don't know if it was CBS or NBC on one of, on one of their shows and so yeah it, it existed it was a big top forty station you know in the golden age of of top forty in the I think like the late sixties and in the mid seventies I can remember hearing it you know when I was growing up because it would get into Huntington in the mid seventies uh, it's the first place that I heard a show. Who who, with a guy who sounded like the guy on Scooby Doo, you know, talking, <laughs> talking about what the number one record was. It was the first place that I heard American Top Forty. It was on work, and eventually, through the years, it's uh, the, I don't think the AM frequency even exists anymore. So they're on FM now with the name, you know, Work FM. And what they do now is uh, it's not a Top Forty station anymore. Uh, it's it's a, what's called a classic hit station. So they've kind of gone gone back to their past. So I work with them. I work with another station. You'll see not far from that called the freedom 95 which is a a news talk station out of indianapolis and you know for them i'm uh you know primarily a weather guy uh there's another station under that 98 7 the song that's a contemporary christian radio station i'm i you know am multi-format ecumenical (laughs) and uh it's a really slick you know sharp uh, station with a like a morning team uh, and you know personalities during the day, but they don't play. You know, all of the music is, is uh, you know is a contemporary Christian based. Uh, I'm on 98.9 WYRZ, which is kind of like a community focused radio station in a in a county just to the west of Indianapolis in Hendricks County. And then I'm also I'm on just as many video outlets these days as I used to be radio outlets. Uh, When I worked with uh, you the last time, you know, I was still on, oh gosh, I was doing radio in um, uh, probably in as many different places uh, now that I do video for. It's kind of 
transition over the last couple of years to more video stuff out of my home studio. So you'll see on the sign or on the little uh, graphic there, uh, Hamilton County Reporter. Hamilton County is another uh, county just to the north of Indianapolis. I do they do like hyper local coverage of this particular county in Indiana, and so I do once a week uh, a weather overview and a, a long term forecast. It's all in video form, and then I also talk about a couple events that are coming up that they want to publicize or maybe sponsors want to publicize, and I do that same kind of format. Uh, it's called I've dubbed it the fun cast for lack of a better handle i do that also for anderson madison county anderson is the name of a city in a county nearby indianapolis called madison county i do that for them once a week you'll see their logo on there you'll also see a logo that says visit my smokies this is one that i get a lot of questions about because i don't actually happen to live in the smoky mountains but i've been doing for the last five years for for their tourism arm of uh, the city or the uh, uh, of the region there the same kind of thing we call it a cast now uh actually two times a week for them where we just talk about the general weather and they always have a lot of things going on because it's a huge tourist market so i do uh, you know i produce the video clip and, and gather all the information and do that for them and oh let's see who else is there there's uh, a couple of sponsors that i do a lot of endorsement work for and a lot of voiceover work uh there's one that says family leisure yep. that's actually that's in a <laughs> Several cities around the country. Do they? I don't think we're in Idaho. No, but uh, you know, when I went to s- school at Vincennes University in you know Southern Indiana and in Evansville, I I think I've either heard those spots or seen those spots trying to get people up to Indy <laughs> to buy stuff. Uh, so I, I probably heard you. And then I rem- I remember you on Channel Four way back in the day uh, because IU basketball was on that channel. So we always watched Channel basketball. Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a long time ago. I ended up doing TV weather kind of accidentally. I never I didn't go into broadcasting to be on TV at all because I first of all, I never thought that somebody who looked like I did at the time would end up on TV. I look like you look at the old Channel 4 clips and I look like for older people, Tony Orlando or something, you know, <laughs> had, had wandered in front of a weather map. But so I never thought I would do TV, but I was I I, I had this gig that I loved where I was the Channel 4 booth announcer uh for Oh, starting I think it was in 1984, and yeah, I did all of the, uh, all of the stuff. We used to do a lot of local production and stuff that would go out across the state for for Indiana University basketball and Purdue University basketball. We produced all of that. We did everything. You know, uh, they had these giant remote trucks, and so for years, yeah. If you tuned into IU basketball, you would hear you know very young Paul in his mid 20s. You know, the, the Indiana University basketball is sponsored by your Central Indiana Chevy. In central Indiana, we drive Chevy, you know, so, blah, 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 blah. Let me ask you this. Did you voice the promo? I, rem- I, I don't know how I remember this, but the promo where Bobby Knight is standing on the state with the janitor. Do you remember that promo? <laughs> no, that's uh, no, that's not me. Uh, but I, I remember what you're talking about. We actually we did so much back then. We had two in-house voices. There was me, and then there was another guy. His name is Chuck Campbell, who would do just the bulk of generally the station promotions, uh, like the longer the 30 second promos or the 60 second promos. And I would do all of the things that I, <laughs> my specialty was the end of the. They used to call them hitchhikers. The a show would end. 
and the guy in master control would physically, like in real time, you know, turn the little volume control down a, a little bit on the show that was ending, hit a button, and on a reel-to-reel tape, I'd pop on with, you know, tomorrow morning on uh, Donahue, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, now stay tuned for the Facts of Life next on Channel 4. And they would be, you know, all logged. We'd have a big book, a binder for each day of the week, and I would sit down with a reel-to-reel tape and record all of these. Every time a show ended, you know, Paul would pop on yeah. and put a little tone on the end of And then I would also do, like, uh, all of the um, oh, commercial tags that we used to do in-house back then, you know. Now available, you know, at at Hooks and Repco or starts Friday at a theater near you. You know, I would do all that crap, too. It's Live One Radio Podcast. I've got Indianapolis, Central Indiana legend, Paul Poteet, radio, TV, multimedia. We're going to talk about all of it here in a few minutes Got to do a quick sponsorship. When we come back, I'm going to ask Paul about his media strategy and how young people can take what he's learned. And by the way, he was ahead of the curve long before anybody started doing this stuff. Uh, We'll come back and talk about that here in just a few minutes here on the Live One Radio podcast. Live One Radio. Audible.com right now has a great special for listeners of this podcast. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels, you'll get a free audiobook download today and a 30-day free trial again at audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. You can look over 180,000 titles in their library at audible.com. And you can get this on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Download the Audible app today and go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels for your 30-day free trial and a free audiobook download on me. Check it out, audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. Live One Radio. Okay, we're back. Paul Poteet's with me here on the Live One Radio podcast. Paul, uh, you know, you're very well known in in probably the entire state of Indiana, arguably. You've been everywhere. You've done everything. And there's still more to do. You know, new media is is a whole new frontier. It's like the wild, wild west right now. And you were doing new digital media long before anybody else. So you always seem to have this... I don't know, like, you're like, what is that, a psychic? You can kind of just look ahead (laughs) and see what's to come, and then you just kind of make it work for you as you go along, right? Or no? How does your strategy work? I'll take that in uh, in a moment specifically with new media, but I would uh, start out broader just with the idea of being, which I think more and more people are onto now, the idea of being diversified. I have had that idea for a long time. Uh, my joke is that I've always had a couple of jobs. I grew up with a uh, my father uh, was a was a really ambitious, very industrious guy, and I saw it. You know, I saw it pay off for him. You know, over the course of of his life, you know, really handsomely. He was a guy. His uh, he grew up in a coal mining you know, town in in eastern uh, Kentucky, and then originally from Virginia. His dad had a stroke when he was like a teenager, and he ended up having to work. You know, like in a coal mine for a while. You know, just to keep the uh, uh, family together. Had an eighth grade education, but ended up he and his brother. You know, they got out of the war. You know, uh, they brought their you know brides. This is World War Two. I'm kind of an older guy, so my my dad's getting out of World War Two, and he and a couple of his brothers move up to Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, the three of them in different states, found work. My dad uh, ended up being, you know, kind of worked his way 
from a, a, a factory worker to uh, uh, into management eventually at the place that uh, he worked at. He also had like another job on the side for years where he was a, a fill-in letter carrier, which was the best place in the world to fill in because they had such you know amazing benefits. So. Yeah. He ended up he, re- he retired from the job that he had uh, at uh, at this factory. They made actually they made um, ice cream, steel test ice cream in Huntington, Indiana. They were eventually acquired by Kraft. But he he retired there, and then he ended up and wor- like worked a couple of years full time at the uh, delivering the the mail because the other guy that he had subbed for for years retired. So he ends up with like you know two different uh, pensions and uh, and a really nice retirement and fairly good you know health for a while for quite some time after he retired. So I saw how somebody who, you know, never, you know, never stopped thinking, you know, and worked really hard, how how that uh, could pay off for him. And so I always had, when I first started, uh, you know, I got a job in Huntington, Indiana, and then I got a job in, in Fort Wayne at the real big, you know, top 40 state WMEE in, in Fort Wayne. But I didn't quit the job in Huntington. You know, I was still I still ran my church services, you know, and did my little, you know, yeah. uh, five minute newscasts at Huntington. And then I would, you know, like on Sunday mornings and then I would I had an hour I would I had to work in Huntington till noon. And so one of the things the morning guy did was a, a 15 minute newscast that ran like after mutual news at noon or whatever the schedule was. So I would put that on tape and and hand that to the guys I was leaving. You know, I would record that during Billy Graham's hour decision or whatnot that I was running on the station. And then I would drive to Fort Wayne and I'd be on the Fort Wayne radio station. So I've always had the idea in my head that our business especially, the more you do, probably the, the better off you are. I wanted to, when I figured out in Fort Wayne then that there were people, there was a guy I really looked up to in Fort Wayne, and he would do these weekly grocery store commercials. This just came up on Twitter the other week because people who um, uh, were from that area would remember these commercials. They were for Scott's. And I remember him letting me watch him record a round of them one time at the radio station. And I thought, man, that's so cool. You know, I hear these spots all the time on all these different stations. Here he is. He's actually uh, doing them. And then he was telling me about how you know, this was set up through a guy with an ad agency and how he got paid for them extra. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what, this is what, new what, territory for you. Yeah. What is what is going on with that? And so then I was on a mission from that point on to uh, try to get into to voiceover work also. And it took and I never did successfully do it really in, in Fort Wayne. And it took me a couple of years here in Indy before it really uh, started, before I started you know, getting work with ad agencies or whatnot. It didn't really happen until the mid or the late 80s. But uh, my gosh, you know, that uh, has been an ongoing thing that's paid off many times. Too. So I've always had the idea that the more you do, you know, don't give up for the love of God, you know, in this business. Yeah. don't give up anything just because you're doing something else. Now, you mentioned the new media thing, and probably that was, you know, really uh, as much of a, a lucky break as anything else, uh, that I ended up doing a lot of stuff online. We hired in the, the time for 15 years, I was with the ABC station in the morning, uh, doing uh, the, the morning news, we call it various things at various times, the morning news, or Good Morning Indiana, whatnot, and we had a succession of of news anchors and traffic people in the time I was there. But the the last traffic person that I worked with, whose name is Tom Davis, came to the station and had some experience making these 
comedy shorts with a, a comedy group, a, you know, like an improv group in Chicago. Yeah. And so he had an idea. He wanted to do like some kind of like within the morning show on TV, uh, like little comedy bits. And I said, you know, that's going to be a month of meetings. You know, (laughs) they're going to slow walk this thing to death because, you know, it's just it's never going to. I think that's their strategy. You know, just walk it slow and eventually just kill it slowly. (laughs) Right. But we had uh, the station at the time. I have no idea about now. Now, but at the time, the, the website, uh, which they were they were really ahead of the game uh, there on that. They had like the first TV station, you know, really functioning website uh, that eventually became what they call the IndieChannel.com. The website was doing really well, but they were starved for anything. You know, they were always <laughs> looking for ideas. I said, we really should try just to get you know them to to air to air it, no, not air it, but to um, you know to feature it and they did and it became and so we ended up doing a series of these little video shorts that were that had an umbrella tile called off the cuff and they became so you know widely viewed or streamed downloaded whatnot that at one point we had actually had somebody from the parent company mcgraw hill uh, you know, when they came in, as they did sometimes, you know, to make visits or whatever, to make a point of this is, the, you know, telling the staff, this is the kind of thing that we, you know, we need to be doing at our other stations. Right. And so it got a lot of response. And I think that that, you know, probably helped, you know, establish some uh, credentials online that, you know, uh, I'm well, I know served me well at the time because that was all happening right about the time that you know Facebook and Twitter started getting mass acceptance, probably around I don't know 2006, 2007, yep. 2008, and in, in that ballpark. That's what I got on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah. th- th- doesn't that seem about right? I was just thinking the other day, it seems like it was about 10 years ago, and yeah. so I but again, you can't you can't close your uh, I say that I lucked out because you know this guy just happened to start working at the station but it would have been also very easy to say eh, i don't have time for that you know that's beneath me i you know i'm doing my very important tv weather here and i'm not going to you know take the extra time to because we would go out and you know record things in the field i mean he did the he did the the bulk of the actual editing work and such but it was still a you know, obviously a commitment to keep it going. And my idea was always that we had to do at least two or three new ones a week to to sustain it. So it takes, it, you know, it took some buy-in, what, what have you, uh, from me. But you have to be open to, you know, an opportunity like that. It, like any good business person, entrepreneur or whatever, where you, you know, if you sense an opportunity, then you should, capitalize on it and yeah. that you know that was definitely an opportunity for me to probably be exposed to a lot of people who were you know maybe in their early tw- early to mid 20s at the time who kind of they knew that I was on TV but maybe didn't you know know that it, and weren't aware that I had like any particular personality maybe and those you know those people are you know guess what now they're in their 30s and they you know still have you know a certain you know, part of me is burned into their, you know, in their brand, if you will, of me that, oh, you know, I remember he was also in these funny videos yeah. on the Internet. Well, I don't want to be narcissistic, but, you know, I, I think I fall in that category you just described. I'm 36. You know, I started seeing 
your new media stuff 10 years ago. That's actually when you and I started talking. Uh, and I'm like, man, you know, this is this is the direction I need to go. Now, <laughs> quite frankly, I was a little late to the game because then everybody started doing that. Um, <laughs> and I'm just now, 10 years later, st- I feel like I'm starting to build a base. But, you know, I've got a long ways to go. You, you're ahead of the curve, man. So my hat's off to you. I, you know, I just I watch everything you do. I, I'm, I look in your window at night. I watch you sleep. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought I felt like some heat on me right now, even as yeah. we speak. Um, so, you know, it's it's a matter of you just have to be ready to, to to twist or turn or to, you know, pounce on this or that. And I I mean, I have benefited, again, in a very broad sense by uh, the, the 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 newer stuff, the new media stuff, coupled with the fact that I've been on for 100 years, you know, in this particular market. <laughs> so right. I had I had rolling, you know, I had this whole, you know, uh, uh certain presence rolling into all of this and and what i think maybe that i've done is you know kept that and then maybe expanded back a little farther younger than maybe what i would have otherwise as far as people uh, knowing who i am and it helped yeah. that i was i was also on a very popular radio show for years and years among a, an audience that was probably younger than strictly the people that were watching me on tv so that i mean it all helps and once you've made those impressions with people then that becomes part of your you know brand this mystical brand that everyone talks about now i've got paul poteet on the live one radio podcast paul i don't want you to spill all your secrets but you know for young people who are listening uh and and are wanting to start their you know everybody calls it personal branding i just call it getting out there and being who you need to be uh i think that's the best way to describe it when what is your thought process uh on a basic scale when you're pushing out content on a daily basis like what what are you thinking before you tweet something or put something out there and what kind of results do you want to see (laughs) i'm not sometimes uh uh i don't have a specific strategy i think that overall again especially if you have a timeline that's uh, not, not specifically strictly a timeline like on twitter or whatnot but i mean if you have a horizon that you've been exposed to people as long as mine is you know one tweet one post is really probably not going to make any difference because as i say i think people have a cumulative um, a vision of you or an idea of you that's built over can be built over a long period of time. So uh, I don't stress out every you know single observation that I make. I just try to not stray too far from my my what I think my strengths are. And you know I try to be pretty clinical about analyzing why people follow me and with me it's a mix of people who are you know probably just actually interested in the weather (laughs) but i know that it's more than that because weather is one of the easiest things in the world you know to get online or on your apps one of the easiest and i'm not going to get into the other business uh that is really easy to find online uh (laughs) well why not it it probably pays good <laughs> I'm, I think I may be a little old for that uh, demographic uh, at this point. You know what I mean? I'm 54 years old. And maybe if you'd asked me, you know, 30 years ago when it was all just beginning, when maybe. We, when we come back, Paul Poteet's going to do a postmortem on his career. And he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to. We're, we're going to dive into his career a little bit and, uh, you know, get, get to know Paul a little better. But first, let's uh, check in with his sponsor. 
Live One Radio. Squatty Potty. Pooping will never be the same. You heard it right. Pooping will never be the same. I kind of chuckle when I say that, but the Squatty Potty toilet stool has been featured on Shark Tank and the Dr. Oz Show and has thousands of happy customers. The modern day toilet is convenient but has one major fault. It requires us to sit. While sitting to do your business, you may be considered a civilized human being, but studies show natural squat position improves our ability to eliminate. Using a squatty potty toilet stool can help you with straining issues such as hemorrhoids, pelvic organ prolapse, constipation, bloating, and irritable bowel syndrome. It's a great healthy solution and right now available to listeners of the Live One Radio podcast. We've got free shipping on orders of $20 or more. Learn more now by going to onairwithrick.com. Click on the squatty potty banner to get started to better colon health. Live One Radio. All right, we're back on the Live One Radio podcast. I've got Paul Poteets. Most of you know who Paul is, but uh, most of you don't know how successful Paul is online, on air, on TV, you know, yada, yada, yada. So before we went to the sponsor, I said, Paul, we're going to do a postmortem on your career. So I've got <laughs> some questions over? for you. Oh, my God, Rick. What do you know? What have you heard? Oh, you've got those skeletons in that closet up in Studio A, right? Studio B? Studio B, yeah. Studio yeah. B is, uh, and B stands for bedroom. Yes. And by the way, let's let's start right there. I'm glad you brought that up because like four years ago, I came to your house. We, we had to set up some equipment and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see the studio. Now, I'm imagining when I walk in Paul Poteet's house, giant mansion, okay, <laughs> and he's got a separate basement for Studio B. No. <laughs> Paul lives in a very, fairly, very nice house, by the way, in Carmel. I won't tell you where it's at, but it's, you know, very nice area. So we pull up to the house. Oh, great. This is a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. Good place. We walk in. All right. So here's the kitchen. Here's the living room. Here's Mrs. P. Uh, let's walk upstairs to the spare bedroom. That's where the studio's at. And there is literally a it's bed. literally a spare bedroom. Yeah. It's got a bed in it, and there was a cat in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to this. Yeah. I get asked a lot, and I was just asked, um, I talked to a group in northwest Indiana via, uh, as we're doing right now, via online, uh, just this past week about pretty much a lot of the same topics we're talking about. And some, I often get asked, as, well, what all do I need to, well, if you're just doing audio especially, there's really not a lot you need as long as your room is not too uh, lively, too bouncy, you know, if the sound is not too bad. And even then, you can get by with some foam on the wall and, and such. You just, you know, you need to spend some money on a on a professional microphone and, you know, and a, and a preamp or, and, you know, maybe a, a, compre- a little audio processing uh, box. And, and that's about it. I mean, I have a little more <laughs> than right. that, but not, not much. I'm very careful with the money, Rick. Very careful yeah. with the money. Like many of your major media operators these days. <laughs> So, you know, let's let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, some of your some of your branding specifically. And one of my by the way, one of my favorite things that we did when we worked together when I was in Kentucky and you were doing weather for us at Q102 was uh, phrases like, look at my huge radar. Um, who's who's your <laughs> weather daddy? Now, if you're not from Indiana, you don't know what a Hoosier is, but who's your weather daddy? So on and so forth. You know, how do you how do you come up with that stuff? Is there something you've done? in your career prior to help you equip those things up? I mean, how does that work for you? 
Uh, my mind just kind of moves along on a couple of tracks. Like when, when I'm on the air, I'm usually also thinking a lot of times I'm thinking of, you know, how to get out of something that I've talked myself into, uh, you know, on the air. So I'm usually thinking of something else uh, while I'm uh, on the air. And so things just come to me or whatever. I actually have a URL, you know, myhugeradar.com and also hugeradar.com, just in case. Uh, and the, the little crutches, whatever you want to call them, little gimmicks like Studio B, it's it's, it's just to have something to, uh, you know, call this, and it is a bedroom, and so it just seemed like uh, most of the places I deal with, I'm usually part of their show, which is Studio A, so I would just decided I'd be Studio B. Indiana's Weatherman came about because once I had decided that I was going to leave the, the TV station that I'd been affiliated with for a long time, I'd always called myself blah, 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 you know, channel, in this case, it was Channel 6, you know, Weatherman, Paul Poutit on all of these different stations. And so about a month before I knew I was going to be leaving, I just started calling myself Indiana's Weatherman. It's not like we had an act of uh, Congress or anything to decide this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I knew that it was, you know, I'd lived, I just, the best branding is something that, you know, is has elements of truth to it, obviously. And so I'd lived in this state all of my life. I've worked here, although I do things for people in other states. I mean, I've been based out of here all of my life. And my primary markets have either been, you know, Indianapolis or, or Fort Wayne or, early, or Kokomo and Huntington early on. There's, a, and, there's another guy that uh, is very similar to what, does similar stuff to what you're talking about. And a guy I worked with in Muncie, you know, Steve Lindell. And, yeah. you know, I've got mad respect for that guy because he's coined phrases like WLBC land. And uh, let's see, when I was working with him, uh, him and Mike Pence were pretty tight, who's now the vice president. He, so he called himself the governor of WLBC land because I guess Mike Pence couldn't have one over him. You know, he found ways to play off that. And people still to this day talk about that. And when I bring up Paul Poteet, usually they say Indiana's weatherman or who's your weather daddy. That, that's the one I hear the most. And sometimes oh, I hear, the, you know, yeah, I'll be I'll be out at parades and people will yell it out to me. Indiana's weatherman. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. There's been uh, there's been no ad campaign on that. Well, other than you know T-shirts at the one point maybe. Other than you know just constantly saying it on the radio or online. It's never been. There was never, uh, you know, when I was uh, with a TV station every day or when I'm when I'm like when I'm on Wish TV, I'm just one of the I don't call myself Indiana's weatherman there uh, because I'm just one of the, you know, the forecast eight uh, storm trackers. But but still people will yell that phrase, you know, out to me like at a parade or at hey, Indiana's weatherman. And I think no. that is it, that is so amusing to me because it's just something that I kind of came up with out of desperation. You know, like, what the hell am I going to call myself, you know, when I'm not, you know, I was worried that, you know, these radio stations wouldn't stay with me because there wasn't, you know, usually if you had somebody doing the weather for you which is something, you know, you could get for free. You know, if you were bothering to pay someone, they at least were connected with a TV station. Well, right. I was about to not be connected with a TV station, but, you know, I kept all the radio stations that I had at the time, and I just, I kind of veered into, well, I'll just call myself Indiana's weatherman. Because yeah. it seems more accessible to than, I mean, I am a meteorologist, uh, but, you know, it didn't have the same ring to it. And, you know, I don't need to tell people I'm a media if they really want to know. I have a whole other life outside of media where I do uh, consulting meteorology for for insurance companies and attorneys primarily. Well, 
you know, they don't give a flying <laughs> anything that I'm Indiana's weatherman. They just want to know that I'm a meteorologist who can, you know, write reports and, you know, provide them with accurate uh, representations of the weather that occur. But, right. you know, that's a whole, you know, again, that's a whole other uh, side of me and a whole uh, that I don't bother, you know, really publicizing because it's not a, you know, it's not what they say these days is a public facing brand. You know, it's it's a niche thing that is only marketed to insurance, play, but it does have to do with weather. And so if you see, to go back to that montage you were talking about earlier, there's a logo on there for weather history research. That's a business I bought five years ago from a, an, an old friend of mine who also did TV weather, who branched out into doing this um, uh, consulting work. So, uh, yeah, but for general consumption, for the media side of what I do, it just seemed, you know, like a fun, fun handle, you know, yeah. just a, a nickname. So, you know, uh, you said something interesting a few moments ago about uh, getting weather for free. And, you know, this is one of the biggest lessons I learned. You know, in my 20s, I really didn't get it. But when I turned 30 and started having kids and starting to have to pay bills, uh, I learned that there's value in what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a broadcaster or if you work at McDonald's or if you work at Walmart. There is value in what you do. And nobody should ask you to do it for free unless you offer it for free. And I feel like our industry, this is one of my pet peeves, is they're just giving away their product for no reason at all. And you are one of the few people that has stood up and said, you know what? I value what I do for a living and it's going to cost some money. Do you mind just maybe commenting on that a little bit and how to give advice to young people on how to maybe stick with your guns on that? Well, somebody was uh, in this group that I had just talked to. They were talking about how to get experience. And I was saying, well, the way to really, you know, uh, get in quickly, especially in, in broadcast is, you know, through internships, because these days, especially, they will jump at the opportunity for free help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. And I do see, you know, uh, not only uh uh, what you're talking about, the maybe the industry itself giving itself away, but also taking advantage of of um, of people who you know were all of a sudden the intern. They're not just you know learning you know the business at the at their leisure and you know taking notes or whatever for their They're actually you know pretty much just an unpaid part time person, right? And so I caution them a little bit uh, about that. But you're right. I mean, it's really easy to uh, sell yourself short. And, you know, really, the only way you can fight that in the long term is what I also uh, told these uh, told these kids. Boy, do I sound like an old man. But when, when I also told these uh, kids. Hey, what'd you tell those kids? <laughs> in my day, you could smoke in the studio. Yeah. And we liked it. I uh, told them that to build that brand that you were talking about earlier, you you don't want to say no to any uh, thing, and not necessarily anything free, but anything you know, regardless of of market size, especially in the beginning, because any experience is good experience, and everywhere that you work, regardless the market size or what the project is, whether you think uh, it's above you, beneath you, whatever, you always. If you really are serious about the whole branding thing, the best way to do it is not to just keep telling people you're great. You should really try to be great, you know, like yeah. every single time and every time you're doing something, it should be the best that that you can possibly 
make it, period. And, uh, you know, there are days that maybe you don't really feel like that, but you have to keep reminding yourself, especially if you're like me and you, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, you know, when you're totally freelance like this. I mean, if you just suddenly lose it, I mean, you're not falling back on, you know, uh, maybe a long-term contract or, you know, uh, you have an employer who doesn't notice or whatever. Then, you know, once I stop giving 100 percent, you know, that's it. You know, things will start. I'm sure I've convinced myself that things will dry up. So part of the challenge is just always, you know, being worth the money. I mean, it's kind of a circle. I mean, if you're always worth the money if you stand out then it's always you're always going to feel more secure in asking for the money and i mean i've known a lot of you know major you know big time people major market people who uh you know i'm just uh this remote you know blah 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 i don't really i'm just you know sleepwalking through this sleepwalking through that or this uh break is not important well you know you're always going to reach somebody maybe who doesn't know who you are each each time or has a vague notion of who you are and so you should always you know, be as especially these days with all the competition, you should always be like a hundred percent every time, no matter what you're doing, what size market, what the project is. That's at least that's the way I approach it. I have Paul Poteet on the Live One Radio podcast. Paul, you made a great point there. You know, in my twenties, when I was, you know, my, my dream has always been is to be the uh, radio personality. And believe it or not, I dreamed of doing afternoons, not mornings. Um, and what I <laughs> well, learned you know, in, the, in the in the real old days, uh, it wasn't mornings hadn't quite become the uh, the zoo literally yeah. that it would be would become like in the mid to late eighties, and it was an important thing. But a lot of times, like especially on top forties where I worked uh, at the beginning in Fort Wayne, you know, the evening guy was pretty much just as important as uh, the morning guy at the time. Right. But what I learned is, um, you know, and, and you might be able to relate to this. Early in your career, you have to get that experience. So you're hungry for anything and everything, even if it doesn't pay. But at some point, you got to draw the line and say, you know what? Instead of me taking jobs where I invest in them, I need a job where they'll invest in me. And once I started to have that mentality, that's when my career changed. I stopped going to those jobs where you might get cut the next day. You're one budget cut away from being out the door and get yourself in a position where they need you more than you need them, right? Is, is right. that accurate? Uh, yeah, you have to be, uh, you know, of, of obvious uh, value. And when it becomes, it, when it would become easier to replace you with someone else who could bring maybe just as much value, if not more value, to the table, you know, that's, you know, when, you, when you're in trouble, you know, barring any kind of uh, you know, personality conflicts or whatever but if you know overall you know beyond something like that and circumstances way beyond your control you know stations being bought or sold or uh whatnot then yeah that's the best way is is again to you know be of value to the uh, you know but it's like any other business you know to be of uh, value or to think of things maybe to add value that maybe they hadn't thought about that you could do oh yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Okay, well, when we come back, we're going to wrap up the podcast. I've got a few more questions for you, Paul. I, I'm so lucky I've gotten 40 minutes of your time. Can, can you give me another 10? Is that cool? If you don't mind the invoice. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Live. 
1-855-351 Radio. For the listeners of this podcast today, I've got a 30-day free trial at audible.com. It's audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. We're offering a free audiobook download today and a free 30-day trial, and you can check out great novels like The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Also, one of my favorites, Divergent by Veronica Roth. Check it out today. It's your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. Again, audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. Live One Radio. And we're back on the Live One Radio podcast. So, Paul, I've got some James Lipton type questions for you. Are you ready? Ooh, do you have big uh, index cards? Uh, no, but uh, you know, one of your good buddies, Brian Jackson, uh, sent me some consulting advice on how to be a better podcaster. So we're going to try this out. <laughs> oh, oh, great. It's not the first time I've been a guinea pig uh, in on the radio or in the audio field. So go right ahead. So it, it, here's his wording, by the way. I would suggest some personal concept questions like James Lipton. So, okay, so here we go. Uh, what's currently... At the top of your bucket list, you know, I would. Guys, it's so weird that you would ask me that because I just had a break about that uh, earlier today in uh, Muncie on work. We were talking about bucket lists. Yeah, so that's kind of strange. But um, anyway, uh, and one of, and of the, I had read a list of the top eight items, and I had done, I think, like two of them, like write a story, you know, elementary school, does that count, or junior high school, but, and another one I'd done is run a marathon, I've run like two marathons, and I would not mind uh, running another one, and I have another one that's on my list, this is going to sound stupid to you, but my wife, the lovely Mrs. Poteet, and I hiked up Pikes Peak when we, one of the many times we'd gone out to Colorado, uh, back when, yeah, really not far from there, yeah, I mean, where you are is beautiful too but uh colorado is beautiful and one of the first times we went out there pre-kids in our 20s we hiked up pike's peak now i barely made it because i severely underestimated you'd think that maybe i you would know about the whole altitude thing that the yeah. air would get there. <laughs> but i <laughs> i got up to the top and there's that little if you've ever like driven to the top of uh, pike's peak you know there's Ooh. that like a, cafe up there the yeah. little gift gift shop i guess mm-hmm. you'd say and i just kind of sat there for an hour with my head down you know because i was afraid i was about to pass out but we made it and so we we actually i liked you know hiked up uh, pike's peak and i uh have told her many times i think it would be cool to do that again although she you know gives me that look uh, that she's given me many times although it's usually career related you want to do what yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's you're, you're that's a normal wife response, isn't it? <laughs> you're going to do that? No, yeah. don't do that. Well, uh, you know, that's a beautiful area of Colorado. It just so happens, it's funny you brought that up. I used to vacation there with my parents as a kid in Estes Park and Loveland, the the Rocky Falls Rivers through there. That's a beautiful area of Colorado. So, yeah, I I might have to go do that again myself. It's been a long time. I would would like to do that again. And, uh, you know, that's that's something I can't really be putting off for too many more years. I mean, it's not like I'm in a walker or anything, but, you know, I'm I'm on the other side. I'm, I'm more than halfway there, Rick. So I'm going to give a little background before I ask this next question. And, and Paul, you'll see in a minute why I'm phrasing it this way. So how I got in contact with Paul Poteet about, oh, gosh, it's Paul, it's been about seven years. Can you believe that? Uh, really? Yeah. Um, so wow. at the time, I'm just like, I'm a little whippersnapper radio personality. I'm biting on the heels of everybody, trying to find my way, find my place in this world. 
And one of my buddies I grew up listening to, who, who I can call a friend now, Brian Jackson, and I started working together on this internet station called Live One Radio. And back in that day, it was we were playing unknown artists and just trying to do anything we could to get any type of listens or hits or whatever. And uh, then we kind of came full circle with Paul and decided to start broadcasting the Paul and Tom podcast. Do you remember that? Right. You ran, yeah, you ran the uh, uh, the podcast on the internet. We did an audio version of it. I should uh, of, of uh, yeah. kind of an off uh, shoot of uh, what we had done with videos at uh, at the television station. So, in a future podcast, you'll get to meet Brian Jackson. He's he's booked uh, to do one next month with me, and that's how we all became friends. And now, Live One Radio is a podcast, and because of that little internet station, we were able to go down to Kentucky. And we didn't get to put that format on the air that we in, in eventually came up with with Paul and Brian and, and a couple of other folks. But that's how you and I built a relationship. And then, you know, we got to Brian and I got to put a format on a 100,000 watt radio station uh, like it was a little play toy. And we had lots of fun with it. We had Paul in there doing weather and it was just a fun time. So that, it, for those of you who are listening, that's how we all know each other. Really cool stuff. And now it's kind of evolved into a podcast format. And, you know, we just kept the Live One Radio name because it's a million-dollar name, I think. I don't know. But uh, anyways, so Brian sent me all these questions, Paul. That's <clears> how I'm tying everything in together. So my next question that he sent me was, what's your TV guilty pleasure? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revise that, okay? What <laughs> is, what's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> oh, you mean just just non TV? Non TV. I mean, you could add TV in there too if you want. But... <laughs> um, you know, I don't. Uh, just because of the time involved, there's not a lot of uh, TV I watch. I call it a guilty pleasure. You know what? One of my guilty pleasures is, and it's actually in, involves radio. I try to, as much as I can, resist nostalgia. Okay, uh, which is becomes. You know, which isn't going to mean much to you now, but there'll be a, there'll be a time. You know, it's very hard as you get older not to think a lot because more of your time is you know been in the past than it will be in the future. It's very hard not to you know reminisce all the time. And and for my you know particular mode of business to work, I can't spend a lot of time looking back. You know, I've always got to be like anybody in in sales. I've always kind of like try to stay a couple steps ahead. So I will indulge my uh, nostalgia, my, like my radio nostalgia. I will listen to to old air checks. There's a whole, I'm sure you know about this site. There's a whole air, <laughs> website called uh, airchecks.com, yep. Yep. which is kind of an inside radio thing. Air checks are the little snippets of, uh, of, of a radio show, usually with uh, like all the songs and commercials cut out because the, the recorder only records when the microphone's on. So I'll listen to old stuff like or i'll just listen to old songs from the 70s uh like when i'm working in my office a lot of times i'll just put on you know, 1970s streams um and i call it my guilty pleasure because you know something inside of me says you know that's you know you live in the past there's a little bit of a danger <laughs> in that but i do enjoy that it's like what you know like watching you know, old Bob Newhart or Mary Tyler Moore from the uh, 1970s on Me TV, just stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I really want to slum it, exactly. <laughs> I'll watch something like I'll watch something like that because uh, just it's just it is of no value to me 
pretty much business-wise because it's just so hard to talk about things from that far back on uh, in some of the venues I'm in uh, just because, you know, you may be cutting out a lot of the audience. So st- stuff like that, that's kind of a guilty player. I, you know, my biggest hobby probably is I, I run, and I probably would go crazy if I didn't do that because I yeah. kind of work a lot of things out in my head or think of uh, things a lot of times uh, when I run. So I run pretty consistently. I spend a lot of time. The beauty of uh, working at home for me has been, you know, I get to spend, I have lunch, you know, four out of five days of the week, you know, I'll just have lunch with my wife. And we've been married for a long time. We met at a radio, at the radio station in Port yes. Wayne when I, when I was in, oh, trust me, in my prime. It's no wonder uh, that she married me at the time. But, so um, let me ask you this. Uh, who is the better radio talent between you and her? Oh, she was hands down, uh, and was uh, she was uh, a very big uh, personality in forward. She was on Billboard. She was on this top forty radio station. Her radio name was uh, Jennifer Carr, and they had these billboards that uh, all over Fort Wayne that said "Go to bed with a friend," and then it had like Ooh. this little caricature of her, you know, WMEE um, at the time, 1380, it flipped to FM by the time I got there, but WMEE 1380, Jennifer Carr, you know, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., go to bed with a friend. I mean, and I knew, you know, I had listened to her before I'd ever met her, so I was like uh, scared to death from the first night I met her. And Fort Wayne uh, is somewhat of a conservative town, so that was a little provocative for back in those days, right? Yeah, that was a campaign from uh, I think it was like late 78 or early 79, and then I met her. I was hired at that radio station i was 16 years old uh they hired me a few weeks before my 17th birthday and uh, so i met her and eventually the advertising worked so but seriously (laughs) 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 took a while yeah okay well hey man i know you're a busy dude uh and uh i appreciate you coming on the live one radio podcast paul poteet really quick before we go uh Mm -hmm. this is free plug time you know i'll give away something for free today plug your stuff tell us where people People can find you if they don't know who you are yet and, uh, and what it is you do for for a nutritious central indiana breakfast every single day <laughs> well hey but i think i wrote that i think i still have that on the twitter what's the whole thing it's something about paul poteet self-identifies as am fm tv ip something like yeah. that part of a nutritious indiana breakfast since well i've been on morning shows one in this market one form or the other since 1990 something 1993 and so that's the reason behind that so yeah you can find me i have you know i was blessed by my great parents with a kind of an odd name so there trust me there aren't a a lot of Paul Poteet. So if you just Google Paul, P-O-T-E-E-T, you know, it's pretty easy to find me. Just go to paulpoteet.com, and then that has all the links to all the you know, the dozen different people that, you know, I'm involved with on a regular basis. That sounds kind of sexy, but it's not yeah. uh, that I'm involved with it in business uh, on a regular uh, basis. And, yeah, you can go from there if you happen to be in, you know, Indiana. You know, there's also weather there uh, on a regular basis. And it's just kind of a gateway just, you know, uh, so people can uh, have one central point. And then I'm obviously on in a lot of other places audio wise or or video wise on any on any given week i'm you know i'm all over the country man my favorite paul poteet outlet is paul poteet on twitter um and you're my twitter hero because you got verified a long time before i did and it's not really a big deal nowadays but i mean you you've just always been ahead of the curve man i have nothing but the utmost respect for you and thank you so much for joining me today 
Well, I, I've had the, the believe me, I've had the pleasure of working with so many different people, which again sounds like a joke, but yeah. <laughs> because I've had so many different jobs. But uh, yeah, we had a really good time uh, in the work that we did on uh, on regular old fashioned radio there for a while yeah. on yeah. 102. So thank you for that too. Okay, man. Paul Poteet, everybody, and on deck for the next Live One Radio podcast. One of my favorite radio people in the entire world. Guy's been doing it for 50 years, Brian Jackson. I'm sure Paul will be listening when that comes on the air. 50 years? Man, he must really be old. (laughs) Have a great time. I've only been doing it 38 years. (laughs) Have a great time, everybody. Thanks, Paul, and we'll catch you on the next Live One Radio podcast.